Good evening and welcome to the chat on Newstalk 94.1. I have a great guest tonight, none other than our former congressman, Diane Black. Uh, she joins us here. Michael, it's great to be here with you. See your smiling face again. Um, worked together so much fun over the la- over the eight years that we yes, were together. Absolutely. It was such a blast. So, again, welcome to the show. Um, I've got a thousand things that we could talk <laughs> about, and we've got 24 minutes to talk. So I'm going to be quiet and just ask you, so how in the world did you get involved in politics? Obviously, I know this story. Some of our listeners might know this story. But what were you doing? And then how did you end up involved? In it? Sure. Well, let me go all the way back to um, the late 19, 1998 when I first ran for office um, for a state uh, position as uh, the Congress, or excuse me, as the state representative. And for the 45th district, which is where we lived. And I was a nurse working in the emergency room at one of the local hospitals. And that was the time when they were talking about health care becoming a universal care. Yes. And I was very concerned about what I was seeing. And so I decided that I would run for public office, which never had that on my mind before. But as someone who understood healthcare and had been in that field for a long time, I thought that I could have um, something to say. You know, Tennessee was chosen as that state, the first one uh, by then Hillary Clinton's idea of having this universal care. And um, what I saw coming into our emergency room was not good and thought I could have at least some personal input into what was happening at the state level. Sure. And so that drove you to run for state representative. Um, Was there a was there a current state representative? There was there was not. Um, The the state representative had retired Mm -hmm. and it was an open seat. And so I ran in an open seat and having never, ever done anything in politics before, it was totally new to me. But I knew I had to get my name out because we hadn't lived in the community for very long. Mm -hmm. And so I spent a lot of time knocking doors. Um, I would leave on Saturday morning at about eight o'clock in the morning with a packed lunch and a big bottle of water Mm -hmm. and walk all day until it was dark, just knocking doors, introducing myself to people and telling them who I was, a little bit about my family, um, my position as a nurse for so many years, and understanding health care and my concerns about what was coming down the pike for our state. And so did it surprise you how large a uh, district, a state representative's district is, and how many doors there are to knock on? You know, that really wasn't the surprise. I had the best surprise for me was how many people, when I knocked on their door, recognized me because I had either treated them or treated one of their family members. Yes. And that just touched my heart in such a big way. I have one gentleman who had um, twisted his ankle during the day. He lived alone and he said, I want you to look at my ankle. And I did. And I said, oh, you need to go to the hospital. This thing is either broken or really injured. And he didn't have a way. I put him in the car and took him to the hospital myself. So lots of really great stories that happened during that time. That's great. So then you um, you get elected. Right. Yes. And you serve as as the state rep. What in terms of like you running for office thinking, okay, this is what it's going to be like. What was it like compared to what you were thinking it was going to be like? Well, having never really had 
any experience um, in a legislative position, I don't really know what I expected. All I knew is that I went there to do a job. Right. And that was kind of my focus is I'm going to stick on health care because that's my thing. And I actually had someone that was in the opposite party, um, but was an older gentleman that we got to be really good friends. Mm. And he told me, look, you need to stop trying to do everything. Right. Because I could see problems that need to be solved all over the place. He said, you know, be a specialist. And as a specialist, you're going to get so much more done. It was really good advice. So really my two areas were things having to do with children, which Mm -hmm. has always been my heart, and then also health care. That's interesting. So um, the Democrats were in charge, right? That's right. I mean, it's not like today where there's supermajority Republicans who are on your side, right? So leadership was opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there were folks who warned me and said, look, we don't have the majority. You just have to go along with whatever the speaker wants. And I'm like, I don't think so. I've never been the kind of person who just goes along with something just because somebody tells me to. Yeah, I don't know you like that. And so so what I did find, and it was really um, so endearing to me, is that when people saw that that was my area of expertise, And that I was there for heart for taking care of people, especially Mm -hmm. having to do with something of how you get health care and good health care. That I actually had some people in the other party who were with me, who would come to my office and close the door and just Mm -hmm. say, "Okay, don't tell anybody in my party that I'm here, but I have to ask you some questions about this bill. What do you think? That's great. So I was very fortunate to have made a name for myself right away Mm -hmm. and have um, had some people on the other side of the aisle who mentored me. It was really a good experience. That's great. we're uh, here on the chat on News Talk 94.1. I'm sure you recognize the voice. It's uh, our former congressman, Diane Black, and we're talking about her early years as a state representative. So uh, fast forward through those years, um, you got an opportunity to run for another office after that. Is that right? I did. After spending six years in the House of Representatives, Um, I really wanted to be in the upper body in the Senate. And the reason for that is there's so fewer people. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got 98 people in the House of Representatives, and there are only 33 in the Senate. And I really felt like I could have more of an opportunity to forward some things that in health care and taking care of welfare for the children that I could do if I were in a smaller body and had more authority. And so I ran for the state Senate and I won. No one expected me to. Didn't give me an opportunity or didn't give me a chance to if you would have talked to folks because I ran against the speaker pro tem. Wow. So you ran against somebody who was well known, well known, well funded. Yes. And so you beat that person. I did. I did. It was a surprise to a lot of folks. It was. I guess it was really a lot of surprise to people, to leadership in Nashville. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And interestingly enough is my race, um, along with another representative or a senator that got elected, brought us to be the first time in over 100 years to have the Republican majority in the Senate. In the state Senate. In the state Senate. Wow, that is amazing. You're listening to our former congressman, Diane Black. And when we come back, we'll talk more about uh, her uh, being elected to the state Senate and the work there and then what led to the future. So 
Stick with us here on The Chat on News Talk 94.1. Welcome back to The Chat here on News Talk 94.1. I'm Michael Detweiler, your host, and today my guest is former Congressman Diane Black, a good close friend of mine and uh, my family, and uh, thrilled to have her on the show. When we went to the break, we were talking about uh, her time in the state house, and then she ran for state senate against a well-known well-funded candidate won the race and ends up in the state senate and the republicans got the majority because she and another person had won their races causing it to flip over was that just a tectonic shift oh, in it, nashville it absolutely was well of course he still did not have the house right um, but we had the Senate and finally an opportunity to be able to forward some of the legislation that was near and dear to all of our hearts. And again, having been a nurse and really medicine and health care was my big thing. And so um, I just forwarded what I had begun over in the House of Representatives. And now as the Senate, I had really a bigger voice and had an opportunity to be able to work with um, Governor Bredesen. Yes. And um, we unwound that bill. Yes. That was really a devastating During the bill. McWhorter administration. That's right. right. Yes, right. right. And um, unwound that bill. And it was just costing the state so much money. And I remember when there was something called the McKinsey Report that was done. And that was funded by an outside source, not the state itself. But the governor had asked for an outside organization mm-hmm. that was nonpartisan to do that evaluation of the health care program and what it was costing the state, how effective it was, and so on. And it was um, what came back from that that convinced then-Governor Bredesen to say, mm, we could probably do a better job for less money if we got rid of this single-payer system. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we worked on. I worked personally with him on that and um, was very honored to be a part of doing that at that point in time because it really did give us an opportunity to get back to giving good personal care Mm -hmm. at a reasonable rate and being able to cover um, a lot of folks without a waste of money that was going in on the other side. And so obviously that's your passion you know, on the healthcare side, and that was Gov- Governor Bradison's passion as well. Well, so, it was a big, a big issue for his sure, administration. Absolutely, and one that they had to solve. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it's in, it's interesting how on how on issues. I, I know it's hard to believe in this day and age, but there are common ground on many issues that uh, we can solve problems together. That's right. And speaking of together, there was another big issue that I solved with a Democrat as well, and that was Senator Rosalind Corita. Mm-hmm. She also being a nurse, myself being a nurse, we were really taken back with the amount of smoking mm-hmm. in both the legislative yes. plaza and also what was occurring in um, in the chambers itself. And so we were we got together and said, how can we? <clears throat> How can we solve this problem? First of all, it was unhealthy. Yes. Unhealthy for the legislators and unhealthy for our visitors. But the the third thing, and probably what was the biggest for me, is when young um, school children would come to the Capitol and they would see all of this smoking and yes. be in an environment. And some children couldn't even come because they had asthma. And they were precluded from even coming to visit their own state capitol. And so Rosalind Carita and I worked 
very, very hard for a number of years until we finally got no smoking in the legislative plaza. And then the second part of that is they were going to renovate um, the the actual Capitol building where we meet in mm-hmm. session. And when they decided that that was going to be done, um, Rosalind and I both had a bill and it was done by the administration where they said no more smoking because we're going to renovate, take down curtains, scrape walls, yes. and we don't want that nicotine uh, once again uh, right. on the brand stench. new. Yeah. yeah. And, and especially when visitors come for them not to have to kind of get through the fog of all right. the smoke that was there. And especially when we're teaching children, do not smoke. Right. And then they come to their own state capitol and, there it is. and legislative <laughs> plaza. And it's just like bull. <laughs> well, what's funny about that is my mom was working for the state at the time. And and the legislature had voted to ban smoking in state buildings years before. State, yes. State buildings, except yes. for. Yes. Except for the Capitol and the adjacent, you know, office administration buildings where the legislators, you know, had their offices. And, and so it was very interesting. Hey, nowhere in the state can you smoke in a state building except there. Well, I would love to be able to have time to give you the whole scenario of working with um, then Speaker Nafee. Um, but uh, Speaker Nafee and I came to an agreement. So we didn't end up doing it by a law, um, by legislative um, directive. But we did come to a consensus that um, we would have no more smoking in the plaza where it was meeting, right. where the right. public was. And then office by office could decide whether they would allow they smoking in their, in their own, own office. office. And I actually had one lady that came to me and it was so endearing. She said, you know, I've smoked all my life since I was a teenager. And when this happened, I thought, I'm so mad at Diane Black, I can't see straight because my uh, member said no more smoking in the office and I'm going to have to go outside. Mm -hmm. And she came to me later and said, you know what? That was the end of my smoking. I gave up smoking and I feel so good. And it all came about because I couldn't smoke in the office. There you go. How about that? What a wonderful um, testimony that was to just working hard if it only saved one person's life. That's but right. It was um, really quite a period of history for our state it that is. we were able to get the smoking out of Legislative Plaza and also out of the Capitol That's building. Right. That's great. So um, you you are a state senator. Word comes down that um, Congressman Bart Gordon is going to retire. Um he had a vote for Hillary Care that I guess uh, made him consider retire- That's right. retirement That's uh, right. uh, something that he really needed to do. And so tell us that story. Um, we've just got a minute right before break, but start that story. Out. Oh, my goodness. That was a huge decision to make because people were calling me day and night saying, you have to run, you have to run. And to be honest with you, I was really happy where I was. I had a leadership position in the Senate. I was getting a lot done for our state. But the whole thing with Obamacare mm-hmm. was really what made me say, I have to do this after mm-hmm. a lot of prayerful consideration. Um with my family as well, mm-hmm. and we decided that, yes, I had to do this because, once again, my background in medicine was really going to help me to be able to turn something around that was really not what I thought was good for this country. Yeah, absolutely. So with that little teaser, we want you to come back and listen to the third and final segment 
You recognize the voice. I know that you do. It's our former congressman, Diane Black. She is my guest here today on the chat on News Talk 94.1. Welcome back to the chat here on News Talk 94.1. I'm Michael Detweiler, your host, and my guest is former congressman Diane Black. And when we went to the break, uh, we were teasing y'all with uh, the fact that she was in the state Senate she was caucus chairman, uh, first woman in Tennessee history to lead her caucus yes. in the state Senate. So that's a that's a big deal. And she has an opportunity to run for the U.S. House of Representatives. So share that story with us. Yeah, so that was a big decision to make. Telephone ringing, you have to do it, you have to do it. And the reason why, after much prayerful consideration and, and talking with my family about it, the reason why I decided to leave the state Senate, which I loved, and I really felt like I was in the right place, is I felt like I was being called once again with my health care background because Obamacare, even though we had gotten rid of it, the Hillary care, it was the same kind of thing yes. that had happened at the federal level. And we were seeing all kinds of problems with it and really didn't feel like it was the best service for the people of our country. And so I did put my name in. There were seven yes. opponents in that race. I remember. It was a very tight race, but yes. I prevailed. Difficult race. Difficult race. Very difficult you race. You won it. But I won it. Yes. And Doesn't matter if you win by one or a million. 284 votes. Wow. <laughs> so it was very that. tight. It was a, a, a period of time where we were really not sure because there was a decision to be made about whether they would do a recount. Sure. It went to the election commission. They just looked at it and said, no, everything looked good. We don't need a recount. So I actually was about two weeks not knowing knowing whether I had really was going to prevail or sure, not. Sure, sure. Even though they'd done the unity tour, it was still yeah. like, well, yes. are we, you know, yes. did we actually win? Gosh. I mean, obviously I lived it, but I lived it on the fringe as somebody who was helping you versus yeah. the candidate themselves. Yeah. I mean, I it's can imagine. Wracking. I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine. So then I go to Congress, and what a blessing. Um, you get to uh, pr- submit uh, three different choices about which committees you'd like to sit on, and I chose Ways and Means. Of course. <laughs> Yes, Which, you're going to swing for the fences. You know, it's the it's the best committee it on is. the Hill. It, it has so many different areas that it handles, but one of those is health care. And yes. so um, we get interviewed, and I'm told by the chairman of the Ways and Means Committee, there's no way that I'm going to get on this committee. They haven't put a freshman on since 1994, and so don't even count on it. Right. Look at other committees. And I'm like, there is no other committee. It's right. the committee it's for the me. the one I want, period. <laughs> so fast forward, the select committee does their work and they call me um and tell me uh, at at that time um kevin mccarthy was who now is in leadership was in leadership and he mm-hmm. called me i remember where i was i was in new york city with my husband who was at a convention i was walking across fifth avenue and my telephone rings and i could see it's kevin mccarthy and i stopped right in the middle of the median there and i thought i have to take this because he's probably going to tell me i'm not going to get on not ways and means it, try right. something else and he says i've got good news for you you're on ways and means and i was dancing on fifth avenue I in new york it. just so excited about being able to 
serve yes. in Congress to make a difference with health care once right. again. Once again. Once and, again. And not only to get on ways and means, which again, a huge honor, you also got on budget. I right? did. I did. Another committee that they just don't say, okay, freshman, no. you get a shot at it. You know? No, yes. no. I was so blessed that they also said because I had um, been a leader in the state and had worked, I was on finance committee at the state level yes. for six years. And they said, since you have that background in doing budgets, um, at governmental budgets, mm-hmm. we're going to put you on budget. And so I got an opportunity to get on budget as well and eventually became the chairman of the budget committee. Um, which, first, female first female in American history I know. to chair the budget committee for the House of Representatives, the budget yeah. committee for the United States, oh, which, no. which, okay, tell everybody the percentage of the budget that you actually had control over as chairman of the budget committee. Was it like a third or yes. some crazy yes, number? A third. a third. A third. So two thirds of the budget is already has to be spent. Yes, and that's you right. Have no say so. That's right. right. Isn't that's that right. crazy. It is crazy, and I, I know that people will be pulling their hair out knowing that. But there's just um, it's just the way things are set up because over time they've put more and more into the recurring mandatory. Yes, and so then you only have a third of the budget that you really do every year that you can change. The mandatories are by law that right. they put in. So in order to change those, you have to change the law by law. Yes, yeah, and so that's a even if you cut everything out of that side of the budget it still wouldn't balance would it It wouldn't even be close no not close and we're doing things right now that are making me pull my hair out my hair is on fire i don't even want to listen to the radio or the tv because um this is just in my opinion sure my humble opinion it's irresponsible this is a political show this is a show where you can express your opinion yes it is what just happened with this bill that was just passed, yes. a very small amount of this is actually going to go to COVID. The rest of it is for a lot of things that should never be having um, this pay for sure. on so many of the these trains, items. It's just the, awful. The, the rail in Silicon Valley, right? Oh, That's COVID related. Unbelievable. Give me a break. Yeah. Okay. So in the remaining two minutes, your experience in Congress, uh, you rate it well? Yes. Um, yes. I feel very comfortable that the time that I spent in Washington was very productive time, even though I was away from my family and my yes. community, which I love. Um, I really felt that my time, my eight years there mm-hmm. were years that were well spent and worth being away from my family and giving to my country. And so I'm proud of those years. And um, I look back at them on a really fond basis. Mm-hmm. And the endearing thing for me is to have my former colleagues calling me saying, oh, we wish you were we here. Were there, we yeah. wish you were here to forward this or forward that or help us to understand this or that or another. I still have people call me and ask me, what do I think? Which is sure. such an honor. I'm so humbled by that. Well, I tell you, you served with dignity and honor. Obviously, I was on the inside with you. So, folks, there's... There's nothing I can say bad about her, even with her sitting here in front of me. Okay, and 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 I think most of you know know this is that um, we used to joke about. uh, She would say, "Oh, you staffers are going to write a book, and it's going to be bad." And I'm like, "There's nothing bad to write about you. You are who you are, and and what people see in public is the truth." 
Well, I love people. Um, you do. I'm in a people no business question. as a nurse. I have always wanted to be a nurse, my mother, since four years old. So um, I love people. I love serving and I love making a difference. Yep. Uh, my mom said, even when I was a kid, I'd like to find a problem so I can solve, solve it. Solve it. I love it. <laughs> Well, folks, uh, just what a blessing uh, to sit here and uh, reminisce with uh, my former boss, uh, our former representative, Diane Black. She's been my guest here on The Chat on News Talk 94.1.